0: Thank you for tuning in to the WHAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hi, I'm Linda Regano, co-host of the WHAM Podcast. It's really an honor for me to host this podcast where listeners get to hear candid conversations with some amazing female leaders. Not only do you get to hear their stories, but you get to really hone in on their personal and professional challenges and how they've overcome them. And more importantly, how they're giving back to their communities and oftentimes the world. I really hope that you find their stories to be as inspirational as we do here. And today I am very excited for us to be talking to Kathy Bond. Kathy is president of a company called Cryo Plus in Rooster, Ohio, and she founded this company in 1994 to provide cryogenic services to a number of communities, woodworking, stamping, tool and die, shearing, slitting, welding, musical, shooting, racing. Those are just some of the industries. And if you haven't guessed, yes, they are all very much male-dominated industries, but Kathy's on board now, and we're going to get started, and she'll get to tell you much more. So, Kathy, welcome. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, I have to tell you, when, when we first spoke on the phone, there were a couple of words that just kept, you know, coming to mind as, as you were speaking to me. And probably the biggest one was fearless. And I was hoping that you could give our listeners, just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, just as from what you were sharing with me as a single mom and your background with Tricor and what got you started.
1: Okay. As you mentioned, I'm a single mom. My son was about 14 at the time. And I worked for an industrial fastener company selling OEM fasteners. And then I went to a cutting tool supplier and sold cutting tools. And I was in an appointment waiting for the person to call me in the office. And there was a magazine sitting there, Cutting Tool Engineering Magazine. I picked it up, read an article about cryogenically treating drill bits to make them last longer. And I thought that was fascinating. So I took the magazine. I called the company. I drove over to Pennsylvania, interviewed and talked to the man all day long. And on my way home from Pennsylvania, I decided I was quitting my job and I was going to do that. I didn't like the way he ran the company because he only ran it every six weeks. And I knew that people cannot be without their tools for six weeks. They need them now. So I went straight to the library and looked up the Thomas Register book and looked up cryogenics, found someone to make that processor for me. The next day I called. Then the next weekend I drove to Illinois and found someone to make the processor for me, quit my job gave up my expense account, my car. (laughs) This is a a big risk. (laughs) But because I worked in the cutting tool industry, I already had my customer base. So it was easy. It was an easy transition. It wasn't like I was starting out with no customers.
0: I love it. Definitely fearless and not afraid of taking a risk. Tell our listeners a little bit more about CryoPlus and and really the process and the fact that it increases the lifespan of products.
1: Mostly tool steel we do, although we do a lot of carbide also. But we take it up to 200 degrees. We take it down to 300 below. Then we take it up to 300 above all over almost two-day span. And when you're doing this, all the molecules realign in the metal on their own plane. Then the carbon fillers expand and grow in between all the molecules, raise the tensile strength, does not change the hardness, makes everything tougher, stronger, and more wear resistant. Because microscopically, it's, it's actually smoother and it holds an edge longer.
0: When you talk about lifespan, what like what percentage would that be improved?
1: Oh my, it's, some of the reports that we've had back have any been anywhere between 400% to 1,700%. It's amazing.
0: So so when you started the company, Kathy, I mean, were you working? Where were you working out of?
1: I was selling cutting tools for the cutting tool supplier out of Akron.
0: And, so and then when you, I, when you started your own business? So I
1: quit that job after about three months after I, you know, let all my customers know what I was doing and all my customers followed me. And there was no hard feelings between the cutting tool supplier and myself when I left. In fact, he wanted to know if I would bring the processor up and keep it in his location. But Uh, I really wanted to be on my own.
0: (laughs) So, yes. So tell us, you know, a little bit more about just your sales techniques and how, you know, I know you came on board and you had some existing customers. And it sounds like your business is is very much referral, but I understand that you're a big fan of cold calling.
1: Yes, cold calling. It's a difficult sale, but I still do cold calling. I like to go to towns and go through the industrial parks and just stop and leave information and call back and follow up. A lot of it is referrals because it is a difficult sale because 90% of the people have no idea what I do. And when I try to explain what I do they kind of blow me off like it's witchcraft or, you know, I'm not going to give you my cutting tools because you're going to break them or you're going to make them hard. Well, we don't make them hard. We make them stronger. So it's a very difficult sale. So I really have to market it differently. I really need to educate people. I mean, that's what I do the most is education. I try to speak at different groups. I'm a member of ASM International, which is American Society for Metals, Materials. And I really need to let people know about cryogenics. Because for me to put an ad in a magazine that talks about cryogenics and drill bits, people just, you know, blow it off. Because they have no idea what it is.
0: Right, right.
1: It's a very difficult sale.
0: So when you were when you were starting this business, I mean, did you did you realize that from the beginning that this was going to be, you know, that that you would have to have this process? No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it would be easy to go into these tool and die shops or manufacturing shops and say, "Hey, give me your punches, I'm going to make them last four times longer." It's not that easy. The tool not, room not supervisors too- have been there for 25 years and here some woman is walking in, telling them that we're going to do something different. They just, they don't want to do it.
0: So how do you get them on board to do that? Do you offer samples? How does that work?
1: Yes, I do. I always offer free samples with the stipulation that they can monitor what it does. So many big companies do not know how long that one drill bit lasts. So if they put mine in, they don't know that it lasted four or five times longer because they didn't know how much it lasted before. So as long as they can run a true test and get back to me, I will freeze as much as they need frozen for nothing.
0: Wow. That's great. That is great. And and your industry, I mean, is is predominantly male. What has what your so, experience been like?
1: Well, sometimes it is more difficult for them to believe me. Until they start talking to me and see that I do know what I'm talking about, sometimes I get in to see people better than the men. They'll ask, yeah, send her in. And a lot of times they would not send a man in. You know, I hate to say this, but that's the way it is. So So one end, it's an advantage. And on the other end, it's a disadvantage.
0: Right. Right. Can you maybe share with our listeners some of the challenges that you've had being a woman in this business and how you've overcome them?
1: Well, we live in a mainly Amish community, although they are all in manufacturing and they all have cutting tools. So that was very difficult to get into because they don't deal with women. When I did Amish shows, I would always take my husband and they would talk to him, but they would not talk to me but that was a long time ago when i first started so since then the amish community knows me well and they all like me so that's great the other problem would be just educating people
0: and and so so the amish community and what about just in you know in and when you go in i know one of the applications is for golf clubs and racing cars can you tell us a little bit about that some experiences selling into that
1: that's been relatively difficult because people in a sport, do not want their competition to know what they're doing to win. Ah. So if I do someone's engine block and crankshaft and connecting rods, they're not going to tell their competition, oh, I cryo-treated my engine block. So I never get referrals from the shooting industry, the racing industry, the golf industry. So that's been very difficult also.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that. And so, so maybe you could also share. I mean, just the fact, and I and I know I keep coming back to it, but the fact that you you know saw this opportunity in this market niche and took the risk. It was an educated risk, but you took the risk and jumped in and did it. And I think you had told me that you had started out of your laundry room. Was that correct?
1: Yes, I had my cryo processor in the same room with my washer and dryer. And on the weekends, when I had to pack up all the UPS on Sunday. I would put a great big board across my washer and dryer, and that was my work table.
0: Uh, That brings new meaning to starting out at the garage, huh?
1: Yes, that's right. A woman starts out in her laundry room.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) And maybe you could also share. You know, I I like to talk to our our guests about. You know, who were the biggest influencers in your life, and you know how they impacted you. Could you share with us?
1: Yes, I I would definitely say it's my mom. She raised four of us single-handedly. It was very difficult for her. My dad wasn't in the picture much at all. After she raised all of us and had grandchildren, she went back to college. And she became a successful businesswoman. And, you know, she went through a lot in her life. She had two bouts of cancer, but she kept plugging on. And I thought, if she can do it with four kids, I can do it with one. So, yeah, I was always just determined to do what I wanted to do.
0: That's fabulous. She was a real role model. What about men in your life? Were there any men in the industry that mentored you or that supported you?
1: Well, I guess the first person would be the man that got me involved at Tricor. Because I used to sell for an industrial pizza supplier. And I called on institutions and schools. And he knew me. And he owned Tricor Industrial. And he said, if you can sell pizzas, you can sell nuts and bolts. So, you know, he really got me over into that industry. Otherwise, I probably would have been still in food marketing if it hadn't have been for him. And he tried a lot to teach me everything I needed to know about OEM fasteners.
0: So I'm I'm sure you you made him proud just in starting your own business. Yeah. Yes. One of the things in in manufacturing, I think that's been a been a challenge, is that you know uh, of the females that are in there, and and I believe the number is fifty one percent of manufacturing has females in it, but they're not in leadership positions, and that's been a challenge. You know, you don't see a lot of uh, women on boards. You don't see a lot of them in you know in senior leadership positions, presidents or, or CEOs. What's your feeling about that, and and what can women do? What recommendations would you say to help them? you know, get to the top a little faster.
1: Well, as far as manufacturing, if they are interested at all, just to keep pursuing what they want to do. Don't give up. You know, if you want to be in that position, work hard at it. And you may have to start at the bottom. I mean, I started at the bottom a long time ago. I mean, I was on welfare. I I couldn't make ends meet. It, It was tough. But you keep moving along, if that's what you want. If you're determined, I think you'll be able to do it. And I think more and more people are going to college now for the sciences. So many more women are in the sciences industry and manufacturing and engineering, not like 25 years ago. So I think it'll happen.
0: In its own own time.
1: Yes, yes, yes. You're right. I'm also a member. I'm the president of Wayne County Women's Network and we're always promoting mentoring women, helping women. What can we do for women? So I'm really involved in our community in that aspect for women.
0: That's great. That's great. Another challenge that I heard the former president of PepsiCo was talking about just diversity in the workplace. And she commented that it's it's not a problem in terms of the glass ceiling as much as it is about the leaky pipes and she was referring to the fact that many women leave the industry so they start out working in manufacturing or in business and then they leave and start families and you know there's a, there's a gap and so when they come back it's more of a challenge what are your thoughts on that
1: i guess i would agree although i don't really have experience in that since i started my business when my son was you know 15 So I guess I don't have a lot of experience with that. I'm not really sure. I think that would be a good explanation. If you're gonna start your business and when you're in your twenties and then start having kids, then you take a break and have to go back and then it's even more difficult to get back in.
0: Absolutely. One of the things that we also like to talk about is, you know, and and obviously you had a you know, you came from humble beginnings and you really worked, you know, I mean, you're just, you know, a role model for hard work and determination. What advice would you give to yourself in your 20s and 30s if you're looking back? What would be the best advice?
1: Oh, my. I think I'd tell myself to get more involved in the community, volunteer more in my community, and join Lions Club International and tell myself how important networking is. I can't emphasize how important that is. I mean, I joined every group I could. I joined every club I could that had anything to do with my business just so I would have those contacts and know people in the industry. And it is very difficult to have a networking group an hour away and drive up there by yourself and go in there. I would always have a goal to try to meet, you know, I want to give my business card and meet 10 new ladies tonight. So I would go up. And shake their hand, introduce myself, tell them about myself, find out about them, and I always had those goals to network as much as I could. I wish I would have started that when I was twenty.
0: (gasps) Yes, we we wish a lot of things from then, right? Yes,
1: I know. Yeah, you're right.
0: So networking, and it, and I'm glad that you brought that up because the, you know, obviously the power of networking is, is critical in, in getting further in your career. It's also one of the most challenging things for a lot of women. I, I can't tell you how many times I hear, you know, it's, you know, good old boys network is still out there. And how do you yeah. break into that? I mean, you've encountered that firsthand for years. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's absolutely a man's industry that I'm part of. I don't have a single woman customer. You know, you think the golf industry or maybe the brass instruments, somewhere along the line, I'd have women customers, but I don't. So all of them are men. And I I guess once I gain their respect because I know what I'm talking about and show them what I'm doing, I haven't had a problem. But breaking into that has been difficult in the very beginning. But once I started going to all these meetings and clubs and organizations And showing up constantly and introducing myself and and speaking to them, I I really didn't have a problem after that. But you really need to put yourself out there. And that's very difficult for some women to go into a room by yourself and just go up and start talking to people and shaking their hands.
0: No, it's definitely out of the comfort zone.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes. But I guess I'm outgoing enough that that didn't bother me. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because I know some ladies I've asked to go with me and they won't even go. They said, oh, I would never do that. I don't, I don't know anyone there. I said, well, that's the whole idea. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a room with 30 new people. Let's go meet them. Exactly. Right so I usually went by myself.
0: So No, it's a challenge. And I think in, in many ways, we hold ourselves back by not putting ourselves out there.
1: Exactly.
0: So tell me, what, what does the future hold for you and for CryoPlus?
1: Well, I would like to just to continue to grow my customer base. I don't ever plan on retiring unless my health doesn't allow it. Um, I'm going to be 64 in a couple of weeks, and I have no plans to retire whatsoever. I and, love my work.
0: And, and you're out of the laundry room. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, I'm out of the laundry room. I have a building now, and this is my third processor. The first processor held a 1,000. The second processor held 5,000. This one holds 8,000 pounds. So I've continually grown. The parts that I've been treating have gotten bigger. We do big engine blocks. So I needed a much bigger processor. And we have pallet stacker to move things around. Yeah, we've just grown over the years and I don't plan on closing my doors.
0: Are there any industries that you think would be, you know, who are your best industries that you're selling into right now? and, And what industries would you love to tap into?
1: my big industry is sawmills woodworking tooling i think that would be the most well and racing racing for a while shooting was a big industry and i i'd like to get more into that and also the welding industry the robotic welding i would like to get more into that so i really need to focus on those two industries
0: and, and who are the people that you're selling to in there? Who are making the decisions about, you know, yes, we want to be able to do this process?
1: Well, I guess every plant is different. Some places it's the purchasing agent. Some pers- people, it's the tool room supervisor. Sometimes it's the plant manager. And that's another difficult hurdle to overcome is trying to get to the right person.
0: So and if a, especially if you're
1: mailing. Yes, yes.
0: And what's your best sales whole technique? Whole. Oh.
1: Oh, um, I'm not sure I have a best one. Just first of all, trying to get to the right person and using testimonies, I guess, is, is a big, a big promotion of mine. People are going to believe someone else, even in that town. So if I get a customer, I'll say, why don't you call Adam down at B&G Supply and talk to him? He freezes his drill bit. And they'll say, "Oh, I know him." So that is a lot easier when they have someone that they can talk to, and just don't take my word for it.
0: Yeah, no, there's nothing nothing better than a testimonial, and 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 it sounds like your business is is very much referral based.
1: Yes, it is, and I always ask my customers. Also, you know, once we get involved with them, then I'll say, you know, is there someone else in the industry that? You wouldn't mind giving me their name and sharing your experiences with cryogenics. And almost all the time, they will do that.
0: Sometimes
1: you know, I have to sign agreements that I won't tell anyone what they're doing.
0: Right, which is understandable. Several times. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. In, in terms of just advice for our listeners, many of our listeners are, are men and women. Question for you What do you feel men could be doing better? to support having more women in manufacturing and, and in leadership positions.
1: I guess don't judge them so quickly. As long as they know what they're talking about and they're capable, because they're a woman shouldn't make any difference. I mean, it, it just shouldn't make any difference, but it does. And that, that is a hard thing to overcome. I mean, it's been around for years and years. And in the Amish community, it's still that way. It's hard for me to imagine that it's still that way, but it is. Right. They just need to listen to us. I mean, if we're capable, what makes the difference whether we're black, white, red, female, male, or whatever? It does not make any difference.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I think for, for men, and, and a few guests have said already, by inviting more women to have a seat at the table is opening up the door. And if they can do that, that would be great. Give them a chance. So what, what advice would you give to our listeners out there who are uh, thinking about starting their own business or looking to, you know, escalate their position, whatever that might be, in the manufacturing world?
1: Oh, I just think they need to go for it. If you're interested in it and you want to do it, you need to pursue it.
0: And you certainly are a role model for that in, in terms of determination. And I bet you're, what, what does your son think today? Is he, is he getting into oh, the business?
1: No, he's not. He, he's in IT at, at a college. And, and he does help me if I need to go away for a couple of days, he'll help. Or if I have something that I can't lift and get in the processor, he'll come over and help. But maybe someday when I'm not able to do it anymore, he'll want to take it over. That would be nice.
0: So how would your son describe you?
1: Oh, my.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that to be a trick question.
1: <laughs> I really don't know. I'm hoping he is proud of me. I think he is. He knows I'm always on the go, busy constantly, very outgoing. I don't let anyone make me feel inferior. So I'm hoping he's proud of me. And I think he is.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. At this point, we're going to wrap things up. We're coming to the end of the show. And Kathy, thank you. You have an amazing story. It's, you know, it's just, it's very powerful. And it's a powerful message for, for men and women. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: And for our listeners out there on this WAM podcast, we are also going to be archived at the WAM podcast website. And by the way, if you want to check out Kathy and her website and learn more about the cryogenic process, go to cryoplus.com. And that's C-R-Y-O-P-L-U-S.com, cryoplus.com. Thanks again to our listeners. And be sure to check the lineup for other amazing and fearless women that we're going to be speaking with. Thank you. Thank you for joining the WHAM Podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to wampodcast.com. That's wampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in.